The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. All right, this is take three. That's right, count them. Take three of week eight of the Punt and Pass podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, joined as always by my awesome co-host, Aaron Murray. And Aaron, the podcast life isn't always roses and sunshine. We've been working hard all week to get our fans and listeners a great week eight preview from the Punt and Pass podcast. And the reason I say roses and sunshine is because we have a special guest joining us here this week on the Punt and Pass podcast, a family member. That's right, your older brother, Josh Murray, is going to be hanging with us for the entirety of the show. Josh, of course, is a former UGA football player. He was a second-round draft pick of the Milwaukee Brewers, and a lot of people know him as the champion, the winner of the Bachelorette Season 10. So let's bring him in right now. Josh, how's it going, man? What's going on? Great, Drew and Aaron. Thanks for having me. And uh, first of all, congratulations on all your success with Punt and Pass uh, podcast. You guys are doing a hell of a job over there. Um, but just hanging out over here, man. Excited for the games this weekend. Appreciate that, brother. Glad to have you on with us. We have an interesting slate of games to cover. We're going to do it sort of like college game day style with our celebrity guest picker. And that, of course, is Josh Murray. Uh, some SEC games to cover. We're going to touch on a few top 25 matchups outside the SEC, but Aaron, you're pretty busy. You've been all over the place. Where are you at right now? What's going on, brother? Hey, brother. Nice to be back on the show. Uh, back in Reno, Nevada right now. So it's it's. I woke up this morning. It's about 31 degrees outside, so a little cold, a little chilly Ooh, okay. yeah, out here. Not fun, so Hopefully the slots will be a little bit warmer for me over the next couple of days. It'll be a good thing. But another another fun weekend. I got Air Force at Nevada. Uh, two teams have had their ups and downs this season. Both playing a little bit better offensively. So show, hopefully there should be some fireworks come Friday night. That's when the game's going to be. So for all you listeners out there, need something to watch Friday night. Tune in. Watch your boy call the game. Uh, give me some reviews on that as well. Just trying to get better and better with the podcast and with my CBS new life, new job. So it's all going well. How you doing over there, Drew? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, I wish it was 31 degrees where I am. I am currently in the process of moving from Arizona. I think the high today is 98 degrees still. So I'm excited to get back to Georgia. And uh, I know if you're bored or if you have another weather delay, I know you've had two delays the past two games. You'll jump on that social media. And of course, you can reach us on all social media platforms. Get at us at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. You can send us something long form, long form, excuse me, punt and pass at gmail.com. Aaron is at Aaron Murray 11. I am at Drew Butler 13. And Josh, our guest picker, is at Josh Allen Murray on Twitter and at Josh Murray 11 on Instagram. Yeah, man, it's going pretty well. Um, going to be back in the Georgia area at the end of the month, and I'm looking forward to it. I've been out here in Arizona for three and a half years with my wife. We've loved it, but it's time to get back home. It's time to get back home. We're fired up. I'll be home right after Georgia whips Florida's ass. Um, that'll be great because I know that's going to happen. I've been pretty, 
pretty bullish on that statement, and I'm sticking with it, Josh. I think Georgia's going to absolutely rock and roll. So the games we're going to cover this week in the SEC, it's an interesting week for sure. Tennessee, the paltry Tennessee Volunteers, are heading to Tuscaloosa to take on the number one ranked Alabama Crimson Tide. I think another game that's of very importance to Georgia Bulldog fans is Kentucky traveling to Mississippi State in Starkville. LSU's coming off that big win against Auburn. They're ranked number 24 now, heading to Ole Miss. And then Auburn rounds out the weekend action in the SEC, going to Fayetteville, Arkansas, to play the Razorbacks. But, guys, two games that I want to touch on before we get going are two top 25 matchups that can have a lot of ramifications with the college football playoff. The first one I'm going to ask you about, I, I think this is the game day game. Number 19, Michigan, who's 5-1 and one overall, is traveling to Happy Valley. They're taking on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Penn State ranked number two in the nation, the only team ahead of Georgia not named Alabama. And Penn State's had their troubles this year, but they are a heavy favorite. They're a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. It's a night game inside Happy Valley. Give me your thoughts here, Aaron. Josh, you can back them up, and then we will uh, just continue to rock and roll throughout the schedule before we have some fun later on in the episode. Yeah, I've had the opportunity to watch Michigan a couple times this year. Uh, and Penn State, as a matter of fact, and both those teams. Uh, first off, I want to talk about Michigan, a team offensively that just has been struggling. They haven't been able to find their identity. We knew they would struggle. I kind of had them in this preseason as being the the most overrated team heading into the 2017 season. They just lost too much last year. They lost a lot of seniors. They're playing a lot of young guys. I think Jim, our coach Harbaugh's done a great job of recruiting, but the guys are just young. They're inexperienced. They need time. So I think. They're getting the reps this year. They're getting the start. So next year and the year after like that, look for this Michigan team to be once again back in the top 10 year after year. But right now they're just too young. Penn State's playing well. I think they, they're very balanced on offense. Obviously they have the Heisman favorite at running back. I like their quarterback, Tracy McSorley's playing well as a quarterback. Well, a dual threat guy, guy that can throw it, a guy that can run it. And then the big advantage too, it's a home field for Penn State. They're playing in front of 100,000 people. It's going to be a night game. It's going to be rowdy. It's going to be tough for that Michigan offense who's been struggling all year to be able to communicate, to be able to move the ball up and down the field. So I got Penn State. Like I said, they're, they're looking good so far right now, and that home field advantage with 100,000-plus is going to be huge come Saturday night. You know, I have to agree with that. It's going to be a huge game, obviously. Michigan-Penn State. Penn State is is playing great ball right now. Michigan is, is struggling a little bit, you know, and – when Aaron was getting recruited back in high school and Jim Harbaugh came to see us, he was actually my favorite coach that we interviewed with. He's a great wow. guy, incredible coach. Um, his players love him, but the problem is he can't go out there and play quarterback for them. And their quarterback is struggling. Their passing game um, just hasn't been what it, what it needs to be this year in order to win games. They have a solid running game, but the problem is they're going against a Penn State team that is so well-balanced right now in the quarterback situation, the running game, their defense playing at home in a big game. I just can't see Michigan winning this. Um, I see Penn State taking this game. All right, interesting. Good analysis there, Josh. I'm going to go the opposite direction. I think Michigan has their backs against the wall. I know Penn State has shown vulnerabilities. They probably should have lost the night game at Iowa a few weeks ago, but Jim Harbaugh is telling his quarterback right now, manage this football game. Do not give Penn State any help. They're going to stop the run, okay? They're going to swallow up Saquon Barkley, and they are going to take control of the football. I think this game goes late, 
and I think Michigan pulls it out. Jim Harbaugh been hearing a lot lately about him needing more success at Michigan. I think this is one of his poster wins, and I think Michigan wins outright, and Georgia jumps up a spot on their bye week. I will be watching that game with keen eyes come Saturday night. The next game, it's on at the same exact time. This game's on E. I mean, excuse me, NBC. Okay. This game could mean a lot for Georgia because the number 11 ranked Southern Cal Trojans head to Notre Dame. Notre Dame's ranked 13th. They have one loss on the season, that of course being a one-point loss to Georgia. And Notre Dame, if they win this game against Southern Cal, Georgia's road victory against the Fighting Irish could end up being one of the most impressive victories throughout college football nationwide through eight weeks of the season. What are you guys thinking right here? I would expect with how much USC has looked inconsistent through the first eight weeks of the season that Notre Dame brings a lot of pressure to Sam Darnold and the fighting Irish probably squeak out a victory in this heated rivalry. Yeah. Speaking of Sam Darnold, I think last week was the first week that he's played a game uh, against Utah where he hasn't thrown an interception. First three, three, first three games of the season, two interceptions per game after that one interception. So the guy's thrown a lot of picks, a guy who, touted early on the season as a Heisman favorite number one pick in the NFL draft for the 2018 year, but just has not looked like it this entire season. And I don't know if it was the pressure of being in the spotlight this year. He kind of snuck up on some people last season and also that LA media is going to be in your head nonstop, good, bad, whatever it is. So he hasn't done a good job to block it out as a team. They just played in a lot of close games, which down the line can help you because they know how to win late. They've had overtime versus Texas. They've had close games versus Cal versus uh, Utah last week win by one point when Utah for some reason decided to go for two. But I got Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame's playing very well. Um, it's at Notre Dame once again. Home field advantage is huge in college football. I think their quarterback is doing a great job, dual threat guy, and that's just hard to to, to handle back there for a defense. And and I think USC is just overrated. I don't think they've looked good all season. I don't think they've looked impressive on offense or defense. So. Like you said, it's going to be a big, if Notre Dame wins, it's huge for Georgia. Just another big notch, a big victory for them to show off. And, and Notre Dame has been a, a heck, a heck of a surprise so far this season, a team that was pretty rough last season. Now, number 13 and, and with a win this week could jump close to number, uh, top 10. You know, I've got, I've got to agree and touch on that. Notre Dame's going to be at home this game. It's in South Bend. They're playing great ball. Everybody always loves USC. They're a very big market team out there in LA, but I just don't see it happening. They've got some incredible athletes. Darnold is pretty solid, but he really hasn't lived up to the expectations so far. So I think this is going to be a huge game for him. Um, he definitely has to win this game to live up to all the hype, but I, I can't see them winning in Notre Dame. And that just makes when Notre Dame wins this game, it just makes Georgia look even that much better. All right. So all three of us pick Notre Dame. Uh, if you're going to be a betting man this weekend, I guess, take that into account. It will be a great game for sure. Josh, uh, I want to ask you a few questions here before we get rocking onto our SEC games. But, man, uh, you sound pretty damn good when you're discussing these football games. Any plans in the future <laughs> to jump into the broadcasting booth and chase your little brother's tail? <laughs> Listen, you guys are doing an incredible job. I'm just trying to learn from the best and be with the best right now. So I have no plans at all. But you know what? We'll see what the future holds, man. You, have, you know what? You have a pretty good launch pad because I'm thinking through my head right now. Jesse Palmer, of course, was on The Bachelor. He is a very prominent figure in college football. Uh, Jordan Rogers, 
He was on The yep. Bachelorette. Okay, now he's a good one. Kyle Brandt, who you may or may not know, he's on Good Morning Football on the NFL Network. He is pretty prominent in NFL ranks, too. Josh, if you want to do this, man, I, I think you could just <laughs> leapfrog your brother and jump right into it. You know what? I might even ask my wife if I can apply for The Bachelorette just to see if I can come catch up with you guys in the uh, broadcasting ranks. What do you think she would say? Listen, oh, I'm all about joining you guys and getting into broadcasting, but I will give you a big stiff arm and stay away from the Bachelor and Bachelorette shows. <laughs> okay, okay. That's good to know. That's good to know. What do you think, Aaron? You think Jackie would be okay with that? I was thinking the same thing if, if Sharon would want me to kind of jump. I've seen plenty of people on the Bachelor Bachelorette that go on to the show and they they have a significant other, whether it's a fiancé or girlfriend. I don't know about a wife, but they try to sneak <laughs> on just to get their face out there a little bit. Uh, most of them get caught at the end of the day, but listen, Sharon's gonna have to take one for the team if if it helps my career and, and right. boost me up in CPS <laughs> for the team. You know, if it team. gets me to, if it gets me to the three thirty game, you know, at the end of the day, someone has to pay for the dog food. So you, you got to do what you got to do. There you go. All there right, Josh. Go. So we've talked about the Bachelorette that you were the winner of season ten on. What do you got going on this fall? I know you got some interesting and exciting things coming up. I do. This fall is going to be um, incredible. I'm excited for everything to happen. I have a show that I just got done filming out there in Los Angeles. It's called Champs vs. Stars, and it's going to be airing November 21st, and it's on MTV. So what they do is they take 10 of the past champions from challenges on MTV's challenges, um, like Johnny Banana, CT, Wes, a ton of incredible athletes, and then they pick 10 stars, quote-unquote. Um, I was lucky enough to be included in that batch. But you got Terrell Owens, who obviously is one of the best athletes in the world of all time. Um, you got Sean Johnson, a, a gold medalist in the Olympics. Kim Glass, a silver medalist. So we get to compete against each other in these incredible challenges, and they are intense. And then at the end of the day, the winner gets $150,000 for their charity of choice. So that's that was awesome. Um, that's pretty awesome. And uh, what charity are you playing for in Champs versus Stars, Josh? ESP, Extra Special People, is a charity that I chose, and um, they've been a big part of my family. They're in Athens, Georgia, and I wanted to kind of spread their name a little bit around the country. That what, what they are is they're kids that have disabilities such as Down syndrome, cerebral palsy, and what ESP tries to focus on is their abilities rather than their disabilities, and they have tons of events, after-school programs, day programs, and everything to really help these kids live a, a normal and a fun life. And They've given so much to me and my family. I just wanted to try to give back in some way. Yeah, that's awesome. ESP, extra special people based out of Athens, Georgia, an absolutely fantastic group of people that love to give back and help out around the community and really throughout the entire state. I know the Murray family, Josh and Aaron, you both included, do a lot for them, and it'll be really, really cool to see you put their name on a big-time platform like that. So good on you, Josh. I know a lot of people will be watching Champs versus Stars to see you take down elite athletes like Terrell Owens. Well, they're on your team, but obviously we're going to know you're far superior than they are as we watch. <laughs> but speaking about ESP and, and the person who introduced all of us to ESP, someone by the name of Coach Mark Richt. And I wanted to ask you guys this because I've been looking at the um, interesting bowl projections. Obviously, bowl projections are clickbait. Um, nobody knows anything at this point of the season, but there's a very, very interesting bowl projection that has been put out this past week. Coach Rick in Miami currently undefeated down in Coral Gables. They are now in the top 10, and I am seeing possibilities of Georgia playing Miami in maybe the Orange Bowl, which would be unbelievable. It would be genius by the bowl committees, but 
scarily, it's real. It, it is an absolutely realistic chance that could happen down the road. I know it's really cool to see Coach Rick's success down there. I know they just took down Georgia Tech. I know they had an awesome last-second victory against Florida State. But, guys, heartstrings would be pulled, I think, throughout all of Bulldog Nation if, in fact, Georgia matches up against Miami in the postseason and say, a big-time game like the Orange Bowl. What are your thoughts on that, Aaron? Do you think it's a real possibility? Uh, This is a storyline that we need to watch going forward. Oh, it's definitely a possibility when you have two of the best teams in each of their conferences, Georgia and the SEC, Miami right now, I believe only only undefeated team in the ACC with Clemson going down last week. So those guys are looking good. They're going to have to match up versus Clemson at some point this season. So that's going to be a tough game for them. But right now they look great. They've won some great games, some fun, exciting games. Coach Rick has really turned the table down there in Miami, and we all know he would. He's from down there. Uh, he went to school at the University of Miami. He knows the area well when it comes to recruiting. And and anyone who knows college football and knows high school football understands that the South Florida, when you get to Tampa and down to Miami, is just flooded with talent. And he knows where to recruit. He knows the schools. And and people still love the Miami. Kids still love throwing the U up. So he's going to only continue to build and build that program. So, I mean, if they're playing Georgia in a bowl game, I'll definitely be looking for a ticket. That'd be a fun bowl game Who to go to most importantly. Cause I think that's what I want to know. <laughs> oh, I think people know I'm going to be very smart. You know, okay. I, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to, yeah, tie game. No. <laughs> Georgia win, but coach Rick, I hope if, if it does happen, I hope Miami plays a decent game, makes it competitive. Uh, blowouts are never fun. I think Georgia still is a superior team to Miami. If you look at the defensive off on offensive fronts, but it would be awesome. It'd be great storylines. It'd be fun for us to talk about on the no podcast. Question. So, I hope it happens. Maybe we'll get little uh, CMR and Kirby Smart on the podcast that in the week great. leading up to it. So that'd be a good time. I like that. What do you think, Josh? You know what? I think it's um, I think it's a great storyline. You know, I think both coaches have really benefited mutually um, from from the exchange, pretty much. And, and Coach Rick over there is five and zero at Miami. They've had some close games. They pulled out some squeakers, which is a beautiful thing. Um, he's just rejuvenated over there. He's having a great time. He's now calling the offensive plays. He's more hands-on with everything. He's doing an incredible job. I'm interested to see how their running back situation is affected with their big dog going down this last week, um, moving forward offensively. So that's something that I'm going to continue to watch. And as far as Georgia's concerned, I mean, Kirby Smart is incredible. He's bringing a winning attitude from Alabama. Um, they know how to play ball over there, and he's brought that tenacity to the defense. So, you know, having them go, go up uh, against each other, Coach Rick and Kirby Smart, It'll be one for the ages, you know. I think it'll be a great game. Yeah, that'll be really, really cool to see. Obviously, I think a lot of Georgia fans would prefer them not to be in the Orange Bowl because that means that they are probably in the college football playoff. Speaking of the college football playoff, let's jump in to our SEC previews for Week 8. And the first game we can talk at length about, um, and that, of course, is Butch Jones and Tennessee traveling to the number one ranked Alabama Crimson Tide. This game is the CBS game. It's on at 3.30 p.m. on CBS, and Alabama is a 36-point favorite. Now, before we talk about who's going to win, because I think it may be a unanimous choice, we have to talk about Butch Jones. And Aaron, on your Twitter this past week, at AaronMurray11, and of course the podcast is at Punt and Pass, you put out a poll. You said, whose seat is the hottest in the SEC? And it was maybe the most lopsided poll I've ever seen in the history of Twitter.com. Butch Jones seems to be as good as gone. Now, let me give you two theories 
that I have for this upcoming weekend. And guys, I want your thoughts. One of them is probably a bit more serious than the other, but these are my two theories. My first theory is this. Nick Saban has been speaking so highly of Butch Jones throughout the entire week. Now, I don't expect him to come to the media and say, oh, yeah, Coach Jones is terrible. He's lost control of the program. But I think he may try to purposefully throw the game, right, play the third team, play some of the scout team players, take this baby into overtime so Coach Jones looks good and he hangs him on for one more year so Saban can just trash him again in 2018. Now, my other theory is this, okay? Alabama is going to roll on Saturday. We will discuss shortly if we think Tennessee will score one point. Most people think Butch Jones is as good as gone on Sunday. Think about this. Phil Fulmer is a special assistant in the athletic department right now. I think Butch Jones gets canned on Sunday, and Philip Fulmer, the god of Tennessee football, second to only Peyton Manning, is going to step in as the interim head coach for the rest of the season, much like Barry Alvarez did at Wisconsin when he was the athletic director. Now, I think you know which one I'm being more serious about. Talk about these things, please, because I think I'm going to be right. My foreshadowing right here on the Punt and Pass podcast is going to be looking pretty good come Sunday afternoon. I think you have too much time on your hands to come up with all this stuff. I have I good mean, sources. Oh, I have good sources. You got some sources. And then, and then I see you tweeting all week about uh, Coach John Gruden and if he's no going to be the next coach. Uh, yeah, I mean, the conspiracy theories with you in Tennessee right now are just yes. on a different level. So it's it's been quite entertaining to listen to you come up with these uh, shenanigans, but it's, it's been fun. <laughs> but I got to go with number two, and I know there's a long list of um, – once for everyone to listen to, but Tennessee is going to get rolled, man. I don't think Alabama, I don't think Nick Saban's going to have any sympathy when it's teed up on three thirty national coverage. And we've talked about it a lot. And I love your quote a couple weeks ago. Good coaches win and great coaches cover the spread. Yes, sir. Bill Campbell. Dang right, baby. And, and Nick Saban's a great coach and Nick Saban wants to cover the spread. And this Tennessee offense has been rough all year. They've been rough inside the red zone. They can't put the ball in the end zone. I think they may be able to score three points. Maybe if Alabama turns it over something they haven't done much this entire season or laying the game, Alabama as their second team in their third team in, maybe they'll squeak in a, a lucky touchdown or maybe a field goal. But Tennessee's offense is just too simple. Uh, Garantano last week at quarterback. He'll probably start again this week. Just a lot of screens, a lot of zone read, not really open up the field. So Alabama is going to really just, put eight guys in the box, man. They're just going to load it up and make them throw the ball. And and Tennessee can't do that. Yeah, I have to agree. I mean, first of all, the whole John Gruden, when people talk about being the Tennessee coach, to me, that is complete buffoonery. He makes six and a half million from ESPN. I I love the word buffoonery, though. That's phenomenal. Word of the week right there. (laughs) There is no way he's leaving that booth in his comfy setup to come back and coach at Tennessee. No chance. Unless they gave him, like we talked about, you know, before $10 million a year, maybe he'd think about it. But most likely not. And, you know, Tennessee is, they're not a good team. You know, when Butch Jones, this is his fifth season right now, they've been average every single year. They haven't been really good since... Back in 2007, when I believe they were 10 and four, um, they had a huge loss this year against Georgia, 41 to nothing. And I just can't see Alabama being a similar team, and, and some would say better than Georgia. I can't see um, them even getting closer than that right now. It comes down to, at the end of the day, Alabama being a superior team. Does Tennessee have enough pride 
You know, they have to have some kind of talent over there. I just don't think they have the coaching. But do they have pride? Are they going to put some points on the board? Are they going to cover this huge spread right now? I just don't know. And the question is, are they even going to score any points? Yeah, you know, Josh, I would think they hopefully score one point. If they don't turn the ball over at an alarming (laughs) rate like they did against Georgia, I think Tennessee finds the end zone or at least puts the ball in between the uprights at some point of the game. But you mentioned pride, and if Tennessee has any, it may not matter because Alabama is the type of team that just rips the pride right out of you. I've got Bama covering the 36 points. Aaron, I believe you do as well. And Josh, it sounds like you do also. But the Tennessee storylines with the head coach, check my Twitter, at DrewButler13, because I am very interested. And if you're looking for some hot takery, I've got it for you, no question, because my sources on Rocky Top They have their ear to the ground. They can tell me exactly what's going on. All right, the next game we're going to talk about, guys, it's of interest to Georgia fans. That's Kentucky, 5-1 Kentucky, traveling to Mississippi State. This game is in Starkville. It's on at 4 p.m. on SEC Network. And Mississippi State is an 11.5-point favorite. I think, okay, I think Kentucky's in for a rude awakening here. Nick Fitzgerald. Put the train back on the tracks last week. I know it was against a lesser opponent in BYU, but Starkville's hard to play in. I think Kentucky gets dealt their second conference loss, and that sets up Georgia very, very nice heading in towards the second half of the season. What do you say, Aaron? I'm going to flip the switch a little bit. I'm going to go with Kentucky on this game. I think they've had a great season. Their one loss of Florida, which they kind of shot themselves in the foot laying that game. I think this is a pretty good team. I think they're extremely balanced on offense. They're playing well defensively. And I think teams have shown the blueprint, Auburn, Georgia, on how to beat this Mississippi State game. And it starts with stopping Nick Fitzgerald, the quarterback. If you're able to contain him, keep him in the pocket, make him throw the ball. I don't think they have the talent at receiver, Mississippi State, to be able to throw the ball up and down the field. So if you can contain him in the pocket, don't let him escape. Don't let him use his side, his speed, uh, his ability to run the ball. Uh, So if Kentucky can kind of contain him, I think they have a chance. The one thing Mississippi State does have home field advantage. We've talked about it. Playing there is a pain in the butt. The cowbells are going to be ringing. You're going to need some Advil at halftime to get that sound out of your head. But Kentucky right now, man, I hope they win. It's just going to look better and better for Georgia later in the season when they come in and Georgia whoops up on Kentucky. Yeah, you know, I got to touch on that. Home field advantage is absolutely huge in this game with Mississippi State. The cowbells will be going crazy. But to be honest, I like Kentucky in this game with the 10 and a half, and I, and I possibly like them to win. If you go back and look at their games, yes, they've had some close games. They could have lost, but they also could be 6-0 and right now. They barely lost against Florida. They'd be in the top 25. They've got some good momentum heading into this game. And Mississippi State, they've lost a couple games. They beat BYU, who's a, who's a one-win team this year. So they really haven't been very, very impressive. Kentucky is allowing under 100 yards rushing a game. Mississippi State is averaging over 260. So I think it's going to come down to the running game. If Kentucky can keep them, you know, under 200 yards, under 150 yards rushing, probably I'd say, then they have a good chance of winning. But again, Mississippi State's just really good at home. So I'm interested to see what's going to go on this game. But I do like Kentucky. All right, so the Murray boys pick Kentucky. I'm going opposite. I like Mississippi State, and it's going to be a bold call. I think they cover the 10.5. I think Kentucky is in for a rude awakening. The next game is in Oxford, Mississippi. This game's at 7.15 on ESPN. Number 24, LSU coming off that huge come-from-behind victory against Auburn. LSU is a 6.5-point favorite. 
I think the key here, Aaron, for Matt Canada and Danny Etling in this LSU offense is keep it simple, stupid. Do what worked a week ago. Obviously, they played from behind and had to get a bit more aggressive in play calling, but take advantage of the athletes you have on the field. We've been saying it week after week with this LSU football team. Let's see what they've got. Can they put it together back-to-back? There's really no better opponent to play if you want to find some offensive consistency than Ole Miss. So look for LSU to take care of business, cover the six-and-a-half, and they should be looking pretty good with some confidence heading into the second half of the season. Yeah, they're going to definitely cover the spread. As you turn the film of Ole Miss right now, and they, they can't stop anyone in the run game. Every time you watch it, there's holes big enough for any one of us to kind of run through and, and have a big day. So LSU is going to continue to pound the rock. Danny Etling, I, I like what he did last week. I think Ke- Matt Canada, their offensive coordinator, needs to continue to put some more trust on him, be able to throw the ball downfield to open up the run game even more. If you're just going to continue to run, 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 they're going to bring a safety in. They're going to load the box. There's going to be one-on-one coverage on the outside. So if you're able to continue to take advantage of the one-on-one with the receivers, that's only going to make the running game even more dangerous. But looking at Ole Miss, um, offensively, they've been doing great. Shea Patterson, their quarterback, a young kid, was one of the top recruits coming out of high school, has done a great job this year, 17 touchdowns. I know he's had a couple games where he's been a little shaky, but he's a young kid that's going to be getting better and better every single game. And I look for him next season. Once all this craziness is out of the way for Ole Miss, he'll probably be maybe number two, number one, quarterback in the sec the way he's able to throw the ball and command that offense so unfortunately they have no defense and unfortunately they're going through a lot of craziness right now at Ole Miss uh the one good thing they have is they got some good looking girls there to kind of you know lean on a little bit that's about it but LSU is going to roll right through them come Saturday it's going to be ugly I think they're going to win by two touchdowns yeah LSU is coming off of two very big wins against Florida and Auburn they've got some great momentum they got a great running game, and that's where um, Ole Miss is not good. They're not a good at defending the run. They're allowing about 240 yards a game defending the run. So I know they can air it out a little bit, Ole Miss, but when you're putting so much pressure on them to um, find success in the air with LSU's defense, I just don't see them doing that. So I like LSU with the spread here. All right, unanimous LSU pick. I think that was expected with the shambles that Ole Miss pro- football program is currently in the last game we're going to cover, guys. Number 21, Auburn Tigers travel to Fayetteville, Arkansas. They are playing the Arkansas Razorbacks. This game is at 7.30 p.m. on SEC Network. Auburn, a big favorite, favored by 15 and a half points. Are they going to be able to bounce back after a terrible loss a week ago? I know it was at LSU, but they were up 20 points, and they let it slip away. Their backs are now firmly against the wall. They cannot afford to lose another conference game because they've got Georgia and Alabama back-to-back to round out this 2017 season. I think Auburn takes care of business. I do think they cover again. Arkansas is terrible. Arkansas and Ole Miss are horrible. I think Brett Bielema is on hot seat watch, obviously, Everybody is expecting that to come down at the end of the season. The one thing saving him, Aaron, I believe his buyout is $15 million. So listen to me, Aaron. I'll continue with the conspiracies. If you don't like broadcasting or after this season you think, man, you know, that's not for me, let's become a head coach, okay? Purposely throw your first couple seasons. Make sure you have a good agent who gets you a great buyout clause, and then we can just split your gigantic buyout payment head of the beach. What do you say? I love what you're thinking right now. 
maybe on the <laughs> golf course a little bit. Maybe I'll improve my golf game, trying to catch you one day. But yeah, this is going to roll. Auburn right now, the one good thing is it, it, it was their first loss in the SEC. They still have an opportunity to to play Georgia, to play Alabama. So they just got to get back on the track, get rolling again. And there's no better team than maybe Ole Miss, but Arkansas is a great team to get their, your, get rolling again. Once again, for Arkansas, their starting quarterback is out. Cole Kelly, a freshman quarterback, did not have a great game versus Alabama last week. Obviously, you got a freshman going against one of the best defenses in the country. And once again, he's going against a tough, tough opponent in Auburn's defense. So it, it's going to be ugly. Auburn, I still really like a lot. I like Jared Stidham at quarterback. I think he's doing a great job. I think they need to continue to be able to trust him. I was reading some articles this week and where they want to kind of put more on his shoulders when it comes to checks, when it comes to putting them offensively in the best situation to succeed. And, and he's had an opportunity. He's been in six or seven games. Now he should know what he needs to do to be able to move that offense up and down the field. So putting more responsibility on his shoulders should open up the running game even more. Carry Johnson has just been a beast this entire season. Uh, look for him to have another big day and, and look for him to continue to jump up in the Heisman poll. Yeah, this game is all about Auburn, in my opinion. Um, I don't see them losing this game or it being even close. I say they cover the spread with even more, possibly 21, 28 points. You know, they just got done with a huge loss last week. They couldn't finish it against LSU. Auburn has a great ground game. They have great athletes on that team. They're going to dominate this game, and, and they're, they're, definitely, they're definitely upset about last week. I see them taking control from the get-go and it not even being close. Yeah, I don't expect it to be close either. Again, these are pretty easy picks because of how terrible the opponents are. We will watch and pay attention to Brett Bielema's ongoing situation in Fayetteville, Arkansas. All right, Josh, well, that was pretty awesome. You know a lot about football. That's pretty obvious after you just went on a college game day slash ESPN slash CBS rant right there, letting everybody know. You know what the hell you're talking about. So we appreciate you joining us. A couple more questions before we leave. I, I'm very interested in Champs versus Stars coming out on MTV this fall. My wife and I, when you're on TV, it's appointment television, Josh. There's no question about it. Is it a nerve-wracking setting on Champs versus Stars? Is it mostly fun? I mean, I, I'm trying to get uh, the layout of the TV show so I know what I'm getting ready to watch. I'll tell you what, it is very different, I will tell you, from The Bachelor and Bachelorette in the dating scene. And I'm so glad I got away from that dating scene and got more to competitiveness right now. Everything is, it was incredible. We got to compete. I know I'm getting a little bit older, so I needed to test myself. I needed to test my abilities again. So we go after it over here. I mean, the challenges are extreme. They're intense. Um, they're grueling. They're physical. And it's going to be a great time and some great entertainment. And um, I do not so, uh, not so bad for an old man. Yeah, hopefully no uh, no ACL injuries or torn meniscuses for the old guy over there. So uh, yeah, I'm excited <laughs> to see what you got. See, you still got some athleticism in you. We've we haven't played a pickup game, or actually, we haven't played racquetball in a while. We got to get back in the racquetball court, see how the old man moves around a little bit. Yeah, you let me know, and we'll, we'll get after it again. Let me get in shape for a week first. So oh, you're always talking yeah. about need to get in shape. <laughs> Listen, let's just hey, I I'm not playing anymore. All I'm doing is lifting weights. So. You're hey, probably just as good a shape as me what, right we now. We get intense with the racquetball over here. We have some good games. We have some good matches. Oh, I, I still, I know, if I know the Murray brothers, I know this. I mean, if we're playing checkers, it's going down. Like, we're playing to win the game. I know that much Absolutely. for sure. 
Drew, you Absolutely. still haven't seen Josh play golf yet. You haven't seen how intense that could be. I mean, we, I think we all need to get on the golf course. <laughs> that, that would be a lot up, of fun. Up, up, in, up in the new course you played a couple weeks ago. I'm still waiting for an invite. All right. When I get uh, back, home, a, I'll invite you. So now, when you get back, yeah, when you get back, let's get it rocking and rolling. Absolutely. Let's One last it. question, Josh. What's most nerve-wracking, okay? Is it when you're in the yep. batter's box and it's a 3-2 count and you need to drive one in, there's a man on second with two outs? Or is it waiting for that final rose? I need to know. I need to know. Please. Without a doubt, it's waiting for that final rose. And not, <laughs> because, not because I don't know that I'm going to get it because I knew I was going to get it every time. Not being braggadocious in any way, <laughs> just knowing the relationship I was in. But, you know, in sports, I don't get too nervous. I mean, you're in it all the time. You do this. But you just never know what's going to happen in the situation on the show. Producers may be in someone's ear to make something you know, different than what you thought it was going to be. So TV is definitely much more nerve wracking when you're not in control of that. Awesome, dude. Well, Josh, man, thanks for jumping on with us this week. I appreciate you uh, having fun with me and putting up my dumb questions. It's been a lot of fun this week here on the Punt and Pass podcast. Aaron, you as always brought the heat. Josh, thank you, my man. And for all of our fans and listeners, holler at us this weekend when the games are going on at Punt and Pass across all social media platforms. And look out for our Week 8 Roundup coming at you Sunday night, Monday morning. Josh, any final words you want to say? Aaron, anything you got? Guys, Aaron um, and Drew, thanks a lot for having me. You guys are killing it over there. I had a blast. Hopefully I can come on eventually um for another podcast and have some fun with you guys so again thank you um thank you a bunch yeah josh thanks for coming on with us we appreciate it good time excited for another week and once again just get at us on all the social media let us know what you want to hear let us who let us know who you want to hear we'll try to get some great interviews more interviews for you guys as we get going and it's gonna be a fun second half of the season so you guys make sure you tune in don't forget your boys gonna be calling a game friday night air force at nevada check me out All right, sounds good, guys. Appreciate the fun, um, and we will talk to all of our fans and listeners Sunday night, Monday morning. This has been the Punt and Pass Podcast. See you.